Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. This week it's episode 83 and as per usual my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout and this week I am joined by an absolutely stellar actor who you will know from their long-running stint on The Big Bang Theory. Please welcome to the podcast John Ross Bowie. Drama School Dropout no graduation day for you, drama school dropout. Fucked your whole course, now try something new, drama school dropout. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited, especially I can see the glow of the LA sun lighting up your entire room. And I'm I'm very jealous. It's one o'clock in the afternoon here, and the sun is right above us. It is uh, in that nice little cool spring. But it's it's uh you can go out with a t-shirt on. It's uh, it's quite yeah. lovely. It will become punishingly hot in about two months' time. It will be it'll be Lawrence Arabia outside in June. But um, it 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 takes its toll. I mean, I think you guys have a wonderful 20 30 minutes of summer in in scotland yeah. and uh i hope you enjoy it <laughs> we we had those last week mm. we we got three days of lovely weather yeah we got oh, I'm sorry. three days of lovely weather and now it's back to hoodies and jeans and <laughs> I, I love it i lo- i wouldn't change it for the world how are you doing i'm i'm well i'm i'm doing uh fairly well all things considered um it's a little slow right now um, most network production is wrapping up television wise, but there's more year round production than there ever has been. And with all the streamers and the, and the cable outlets. So, um, yeah, I've got a couple of auditions out. We'll see what happens. And, uh, in the meantime, I'm just, uh, enjoying my kids spring break as best as I can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, break a leg. Um, yeah, it is very slow at the moment. I'm currently on that hog of leaving drama school, but also needing to get an agent. And I feel like everyone's just saying to me, we can't get our current clients work. So we can't really take on any new clients. Are you are you thinking of moving down to London? You're going to stay put in Glasgow? How much production is there in Glasgow? This is where I'm very lucky. So I live in Glasgow. My mum lives in London and my dad lives in Newcastle. So I have bases all over the country. Is there work in Newcastle? Um, You'll, uh, you'll get some stuff in newcastle like they film a lot of um i want to say what is the network it, the bbc film quite a lot of stuff there and oh, okay. itv film a few bits there so there's the odd bits okay. it's a good it's yeah. cheap and it's coastal that's why i think they get a lot of work right that makes sense that totally makes sense yeah i know they do a ton of work in um in cardiff and wales yeah i know doctor who shoots there and um uh, once in a great while, they'll actually set an episode in Cardiff, but most yeah. of the time it's it's Car- Cardiff pretending to be Vegas or what have you. <laughs> yeah, you'll get a lot of work in Britain that is anywhere that's not London. So they try mm-hmm. just as much as they can just to get out of London. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I mean, I, you know, it's a... I guess it's a relatively small city and it's been sort of shot to death at this point, hasn't it? So you you kind of... Every location is fairly recognizable also super expensive i did some work i did last time i was in london or last time i was in the uk i did some work for um 
Channel 4 and Netflix. And we shot half in London, half in, in Guildford. Guildford was Guildford was pretending to be uh, Toronto. There's a lot of stuff in Glasgow that happens. We've just had Batgirl. They filmed the entire film in Glasgow. Oh, really? Yeah. They, there's the new Robert Pattinson movie, that end uh-huh. scene. I don't know if you've seen it, the Batman. I haven't yet. I haven't. I won't spoil it. The ending okay. is in Glasgow. Um, it's such a cool looking city because it's a great mix of old and new mm. you know because you guys got so hammered during the war that there's there's all sorts of really cool um stark brutalist architecture all over the place but then yeah. you still have some of the older castles on the outskirts. yeah it's a very photogenic city the thing that i read was that um new york was based on glasgow so people trying to pretend to be new york, how true that is i do not know so people that are trying to pretend to be New York often come here. Like I know World War Z with Brad Pitt, a lot of that was filmed here. Oh, really? That's interesting. I'll often go oh. into the city center and there'll just be American signs or American taxis just sitting around. Oh, interesting. Because they're trying to fake New York. That's interesting. Or, or yeah. Gotham. Yeah, um, yeah, Gotham. Yeah, that makes sense. That's interesting. I mean, it, it's very, um, both Glasgow and Edinburgh are both very walkable cities. And they have that in common with New York. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I, that follows. Yeah. My favorite things in the world are funny or crazy theater drama school anecdotes. Do you have any crazy anecdotes from your time studying? And there's a lot to live up to. I remember uh, I'm going to like be hated for this because I can't remember who it was. Somebody was doing a class in LA and Tina Turner turned up with two Dobermans. To take the class? To take the class. Who was that? I think it was Dynamanov from Greece. Fantastic. I think it was Dynamanov from Greece. I know Dynamanov, not personally, but I, I know who Dynamanov is. Sure, sure. That's magnificent. So she would have been taking a class to like get ready to do Tommy or something. Probably. Something like that. Um, in which she's the acid queen. So that's magnificent that, I mean, yeah, you're right. I'm absolutely not going to top that. I have nothing even close to that. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of something that has been, I've had a really good, fairly easy time. I got hit in the face deliberately, like smacked by a teacher one time who should not have done that <laughs> um, at all yeah. during, I was doing a monologue at the, like, they, they were like, okay, come to, come to the first day of class. We obviously won't have assignments for you, but come to the first day of class with a monologue ready to go. And we'll, we'll see how, uh, we'll see where you are. And it will give us a chance to determine what we can assign you. Yeah. So it's sort of a diagnostic monologue. And I was like, all right, that makes sense. Fair enough. I come in with a, something that I kind of had in my back pocket, which was a John Robin Bates monologue from uh, a, a really interesting play called The Substance of Fire. Very New York intellectual play, the kind that they don't really, um, they don't really write anymore. Um, Substance of Fire. Um, and the teacher, who is a working actor, yeah, um, and has his moments where he is a very good, very passionate teacher, but he overstepped his bounds. And... In the middle, he, he kept saying, these are these are saran-wrapped words. These are plastic-wrapped words. This is over-rehearsed or, or something to that effect. Something that there was no life in it. And then suddenly this guy who is 6'2", six, 6'3", six, to my five foot eight, just hauls off and smacks me. And I hear wow. a click in my jaw. And I am very taken aback, but I shake it off. I give one more sentence. 
and I smack him back and he's impressed. <laughs> and then, and here's the worst part of the story. Cause I'm not into that. Like this sort of like, uh, um, uh, what's the, uh, I'm not into that kind of whiplash mode of, of abusive instruction. I don't actually no. think it gets the best out of people, but on that particular moment in the short term, yeah, it loosened up and it brought out some real fucking anger. And I'll tell you that it was, it was an angry monologue. It was an angry monologue where I'm unloading at my dad and it's clearly a bunch of pent up frustrations. And then, you know, my father has passed away two years beforehand. This fucking stranger just decked me. Yeah, you want real fucking anger? Ta-da, here it is. Um, you know, we still, I run into him. Everything's cordial. I'm not going to name him because I don't want to get anyone in trouble. Um, I would never do that to a student. I would never personally do that to a student um, on that one. And I don't think he should do it again. I think no. he got very lucky. He hit the right actor on the right fucking day. <laughs> oh, I would should not get into the habit of that. I would be like, no, no, what the fuck just happened? Where, who can I sue? Where can I get I saw, some money out of this? I, I saw myself as like, you know, it's because it's weird because there's two kinds of confrontational people. You know, there's the sort of person who would just collapse at that moment. There's the sort of person who would be like, fuck you, buddy. I will see you in court. And then there's me who is like, oh, I'm sorry. Do you think you're going to trip me up? You think I'm going to forget my, you think I'm going to go up for a moment? Because mm -hmm. I'm fucking not, pal. And I think that might have been his intention. And again, very lucky. Did not know me yeah. well enough to do that. Did mm. not. But <laughs> caught me on a day where I was like, I'm not going to go up on my lines. I'm going to put a little more fire underneath it. I will hit you back because <laughs> if that's what we're doing and it will involve me reaching up because again, you are six inches taller than me. <laughs> um, but it was a, it was a, a striking moment. And the, yeah, sorry. Um, uh, and I, I did not mean for that to, I, I apologize. Um, but I, every once in a while, there, there are people I, I'm still in touch with who were in that class. And I was like, that was weird when blank hit me, wasn't it? Yeah, that was really strange. It was really strange. You had a good class, though. And I went on to do like, that was a class where I got to do, um, you know, scenes from Winter's Tale and scenes from Uncle Vanya and all sorts of stuff that I hadn't had a chance to do before. Yeah. So it was it was ultimately a win. And I enjoyed the process very, very much. But um, yeah, not an auspicious start. Yeah, I mean, it's up there. You said you wouldn't be able to top it, but I I, I feel like you got very close. Well, I, I would love to be able to like, I, I haven't had one of those classes where, you know, the famous person walks in and everyone's like gasp, you know, I've had some like solid character actors in classes and I was in class with, um, do you know an actress, Casey Wilson? Um, she the name is ringing was a bell. on... She's she's on the psychiatrist next the shrink next door. She was on Mrs. Fletcher. She had a role in Gone Girl. She and I did a scene, uh, did a checkoff scene one time. Uh, there were some there were some very good people who who you know rising tide lifts all the boats mm. in classes. But I've never had like Ted Turn uh, Ted Turner Tina Turner and her uh, menagerie walk in. <laughs> that would be something. I mean, I am going to say it. Maybe it may have been a very special kind of celebrity driven class because. This was after Dinah had done Greece, so it may have oh, been A-listers. I wonder what. Oh wow, yeah. I wonder who was teaching. It might have been Larry Moss. Larry Moss gets him. He's a guy out here who gets amazing students. Apparently, I'm sure she said it on the episode. I'm sure she said I'll it on the episode. Go back and listen to it. Um, it's episode. I'll, I'll happily listen to a Dinah Ma uh, Manoff interview. She was so interesting. So interesting. Yeah, I bet. 
I and, bet. But, well, that person has um, seen everything, has seen the absolute peaks and valleys of stage and film and TV. Yeah. And those are the only actors worth a good goddamn to talk to. Yeah. You know, those she are was people my who are one not, year anniversary who are not in any sort of bubble. Oh, really? Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's I, great. I remember getting the email back and I was like, because I'm very ignorant sometimes. I was like, oh my God, it's a pink lady. It's a pink now, that's lady. Something, well, I mean, how, how, how is that ignorant? That's awesome. Because, that's exactly how I would have reacted. Because I found out lots more interesting stuff about her while I was doing my research. Like she won a Tony and her mum was, I can't remember her mum's name. Her mum's a really famous actress. Um, oh, really? I don't look that up. Yeah, her mum is a, yeah. Oh, Lee Grant is her mom? I had no yes. idea. Yes. That's fucking crazy. How did I not know that? Yeah, married to Arnold Manoff. She teaches acting now in a woman's prison. Like, loads of interesting shit. Like, really, like, she needs to write a book. Like, if anyone needs to write an autobiography it's dynamana yeah no kidding her um uh unless i'm mistaken lee grant wrote a book called i said yes to everything she wrote a a, a memoir she's still alive and i know that because you know I, I i myself have a podcast where i interview actors going to talk about that in a second alfred molina recommended that book I'm sorry, you've, you've done your homework, clearly. But um, <laughs> Alfred Molina, if I may drop a name, mentioned Lee Grant's book. But I had yeah. no idea Lee Grant was Dynamanoff's mom. That's crazy. Yeah. Thank, so, thank you for telling me that. That's so yeah. interesting. So like in, in hindsight, when I had done the interview and was editing it, I remembered my reaction of, oh, my God, it's a pink lady. And I was like, you ignorant little cunt. Like, you really need to, like, get more well-versed in people's lives and things um but yeah there's such an interesting um, guest amazing um what i do want to talk to you very briefly about because like i said i don't want to talk about the things that everyone knows everyone for i do want to talk to you about the big bang theory though because it's one of my my favorite tv shows of all time the one of the funny things that i read while i was doing my research for this interview was that your agent dropped you right before you got the big bang theory that's so then, correct yeah when you get this amazing part on this now legendary sitcom, have they ever reached back out to you and tried to get you back? No, no, they never did. Um, but the last time I saw that agent, she went in for a hug so quickly that I didn't have a chance to brush her off. Um, and it was it was such a gross, like, I, I'm not one of those people who, who says that, you know, everyone in LA is a phony action figure. This one's a phony action figure. And she, um, she's like, John, how are you? And she dives in and I was like, how dare you? You you didn't even fire me to my face. You dropped me via my manager. You didn't have the gall to, to call me like an adult. Anytime I have fired someone in this business, I have called them. I have spoken to them on the phone or I've done it in person because I just think that's the professional thing to do. Um, but yeah, that agency. I've only ever done it once. Um, it, there's more coming. You're you're still young. Um, but the, yeah, that I, I had just switched agents and... So I went into the Big Bang Theory audition with a ton to prove. And normally I would not recommend that attitude. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to go in an audition, I don't think it's good to go in with um, uh, any sort of uh, vendetta. <laughs> I don't think that's the sort of... <laughs> I will get this to fuck them over. Yeah, that's not that's not the the tailwind you're looking for necessarily, mm. but it sort of serves Kripke. You know, it sort of yeah. serves this weird alpha nerd who 
um, you know, in the course of the audition, developed a speech impediment. You've probably heard that story. And it um, it was a sense of overcoming a couple of different obstacles. Mm. And I think it probably at the end of the day served me very well. And it also felt really good to like come in with a brand new agent. I honestly think it was our, our second or third audition together. Yeah. It was really early on. I had just started with these people and to come in and go, hi, I'm worth the risk. How are you? Yeah. And to book this thing that, you know, a gig that lasted 11 years was, was and then nice. to turn around and flip them all off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it, if it was really bitter, I'd start naming names, but you know, the town Damn is it. too small to really Damn hold a grudge. <laughs> I don't, I, if I had to all over again, I would not have hugged her back though. Let me say that. Good. Um, it, it's interesting that you brought up the speech impediment because that was something that I was reading about because I didn't know whether you had actually had a speech impediment or anything. And did you ever receive any backlash for imitating the speech impediment or anything? Because you know people will complain about anything now. No, sure, sure. You know, it's amazing to refer to um, 2008 as such a different time, but here yeah. I go. But, you know, there's a couple of things. One, the character was used sparingly. I showed up two or three times a season, which I think was a good move. You know, I would have absolutely loved to have done more episodes, but I was not um, overdone. I was not overused. It was very hard to get sick of Kripke. I, I was brought in whenever they needed to take Sheldon down a peg. I obliged, wiped off my makeup, said, I'll see you guys in four or five months. But the other key thing, and I think this is really crucial to keep in mind, is that Kripke was a winner. Kripke was an alpha. Kripke was very smart. There were there was numerous occasions where uh, Kripke beat um, Sheldon out for this thing or another. Um, there is a great episode where it is revealed that my research is stronger than Sheldon's. It's one of my favorite episodes when it's all blank paper in the envelopes where you're switching them. I love that. That's my favorite episode because it's, you know, obviously I'm a, I'm a fan of, you know, climbing up the rocks and the basketball and all the big physical set pieces we did, the fencing. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. But for sheer acting joy, me and Jim just on the office set for four scenes in a row was so satisfying and to play in front of the audience and to, to let Kripke be Kripke and be sort of creepy um, was great. The one other, other couple of interesting points to make about why we didn't really get too much backlash. I mean, there were a couple of little tweets and, and everything, you mm. know, that's to be expected. Internet going to internet. <laughs> yeah. But the other yeah. really interesting, the other interesting thing is that they were very careful to not like, the one time Sheldon makes fun of Kripke's speech impediment, audience turns on him. The audience goes, oh, he calls me Bowie at one point. And the and it was a we did that in front of an audience. That was not a pre-tape. That is a real audience really pissed and disappointed with Sheldon for doing that. And I'll tell you one more quick little story about, about how smartly that show handled it. My very first appearance, very first scene, very first appearance in the middle of season two, I challenge them to a robot fight and I leave the stage and Kuthra Polly asks, what part of America is that accent from? And then Johnny responds, would I win? And the place went nuts because they had just seen me for the first time. And they were like, what is this guy? This is crazy. What is yeah. happening right now? But the, the audience's laughter for that moment was kind of mean. All audiences are different. And that laughter was a little mean. And 
and they cut it. The scene ends with Kuthrapali asking, "What what accent? What part of the country is is that accent from?" And they cut it before Johnny's joke at which is at Kripke's expense. Yeah. No one ever made a joke at Kripke's expense about that. Kripke was an alpha, a winner. Kripke gets what he wants. You know, there mm. he was just he was never they never punched down with him. I thought, and yeah. that was really fun to play because I've mm. played. I've played all kinds of like loser nerds over the years and will yeah. continue to do so. Mm. Um, and uh, and I don't mind that, but to play this sort of very high status nerd was, was exciting. Another thing that I always like to ask everyone that's been sort of part of a long running TV show, because I think it, it defines people's characters. And I love mm. if they decide to change the wording of the question. Did you steal anything from the set? Not in so many words, no, but I, I, I didn't steal anything. I asked for permission and got a reproduction, a faithful reproduction that I then had framed of Kripke's doctorate diploma. That's good. It, I, I like it that. It is the, it, being the only graduate degree I will ever own, <laughs> it is sitting in my living room uh, near a bunch of family photos. Um, yeah, it's like two rooms over, but I, I did it with the blessing of props. They were like, let me know. I don't want to give you this one. I'll give you a nice clean one. We'll get, we'll do like a really good, like, you know, really high quality print. And um because uh, this one, you're it's it's set dressing. It's it's you know, it's pixelated. If you look close, let's get yeah. you a really nice one. And they hooked me up, and I have it framed, and it's sitting in in the other room. And it is it is a wonderful. I like thing that. Because normally people will not say they stole anything. They'll be like, I borrowed or I just took it. And I I think it's a true testament of people's cat because I steal shit all the time. Every single show I've ever been in, I've stolen something. Well, I mean, I feel like unless it's something really low budget, most prop departments are going to be very, very willing. And I had obviously developed a good relationship over 11 years and remarkably consistent um, uh crew retention on Big Bang. Like the people who were there season two, an alarming amount of them were still there season 12. Um, so they all knew me and like, oh, this guy's not an asshole. This guy, you know, remembers to take off his wedding ring. He where you know, he wears the watch we give him. He's a he's a cool guy. We can we can cooperate with John. And they hooked me up with this gorgeous, gorgeous copy of uh, of Kripke's doctorate. Do you have a favorite behind the scenes moment that nobody will have ever known about from Big Bang Theory? Well, the one I just said the one about the the really careful edit in the first appearance, I think, is is really um, it shows how careful they were with the writing and the production of that show. The, 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 but there were there were fun moments throughout. I mean, I was there for all episodes, the tenure turbulence, whatever it's called, where we're playing basketball to um, to win the rights to. No, it's not the tenure one. It's the it. It's to win the office. It's to, to to win the office. There were maybe three physical bits in the script um, that uh, that we had to hit of like us, you know, missing, you know, just blowing a bunch of penalty shots and standard um, basketball mishaps. But we went there and we had a big chunk of the afternoon in which to do it. We were on schedule, maybe even a little ahead of schedule. Yeah. We had this big, massive gym set off to the side, three walls, two regulation height hoops, and we're on the Warner Brothers lot. So everything is a golf cart away, anything you need. So so I, somebody was like, oh, I might want to get a trampoline and then um, something for them to land on when they come down from the trampoline. And if they can trampoline and still and then Jim and I just started fucking around and and sort of like, you know, and Jim's tall, but he's not an athlete. And I'm short and not an athlete. So, you know, we, we're, we're just like, we're just kind of winging it. Kunal would want me to mention 
that he was running around the court in between takes, dunking three pointers like it was nothing. He'd want me to tell you that. So we're staggeringly incompetent. And um, yeah, this is for you, Canal. At least I can do is let everyone know that you're actually rather athletic in your real life. And your <laughs> wife's hot. Okay. Your wife's hot. You win. She's a beauty queen. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Um, who is the true winner so, of the Big Bang Theory cast? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was fun because there was a real sense of improv and frankly, I mean, almost like silent movie acting, you know, yeah. it was all just us trying to figure out sight gags. And so like the dumb thing where I just simply couldn't stop dribbling and he follows me all the way to the wall. I love it. Um, that was just something I came up with it. Like it's, and it's so, it's so goofy. It's so goofy, but it was just something I pitched. And by this point we're, I don't know, six or seven seasons in, you know, they've, they've trusted me. I trust them. They'll tell me if something's not a good idea. And, and it was just a really, and I think it comes across in the finished product. I think that scene has a lot of playfulness and joy and it has one is one of my favorite, one of my favorite and most self-aware lines of the show is when Johnny's off to the side going, remember those kids who used to bully us? I get it. <laughs> You can now become an official drama school dropout. We're now on Patreon and you can help this podcast grow on so many levels. As an official drama school dropout, you'll have access to unique benefits, including exclusive early access to episodes before anyone else. To become an official drama school dropout, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash drama school dropout. But yeah, we're going to play a game now, and the game is called Stage Right or Stage Shite. It's my favourite thing in the world. Uh, like okay. I said, it's stories. It's theatre anecdotes. We've got three of them. Two of them are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and have been sent in by our listeners. And one of them oh, is I made see. up by our producers. Um, I've got the answer in a sealed envelope, so I can play along with you because it's my favourite thing in the world. So it's our job to find out which one's the lie. And right. these are some of my favorite things in the world. And like I tell everyone this um, on at this part, there is a book coming out. So keep tuned for that with all of the stage writer stage shite stories. And it's excellent. But number one, I had to enter through the audience in a pantomime as Cinderella for my entrance to the ball. One night I opened the auditorium doors and someone was standing directly in front of me. They were going for a wee and I was standing, I was standing there in a ball gown. Talk about timing. Number two, I was once dancing on stage and the trap door accidentally opened and I fell through it. I got trapped. One leg went through, but one didn't. And I ended up with my chin on the stage floor and my ankle above my head. Number three, I was doing pantomime once and I was playing a dragon and I had a full costume. Think Disney World style costume, but the eyes were like pinholes and I could barely see anything. I fell off the stage and the head of the costume fell off in front of 300 school children. And all I could think to say to them as they all stared at me was, hiya. <laughs> all right. Well, first things first, I want to go on the record. Yeah. Announcing that I am available as a fading American TV star to do pantos. <laughs> Let me say that. I don't care what what I will I, I will play uh, I will play the dame. Yes, I know the lingo. I will play the dame in whatever province you want to put me in. I I love the UK over Christmas. Um, say the word. One, having said that. Two, um, that first one with Cinderella, it's too good not to be true. It's too good not to be true. It's too specific. Uh, yeah. Um, 
the flashing the kids one. I don't know, man. It's it's really hard to like if it's a big Disney style costume, those are really hard to like they take forever to get off. My wife worked at Disney World in Orlando in the States uh, in the 90s. So, you know. Don't take my word for it. I'm going to imagine that these weren't as high budget. I'll grant you. I'll grant you. Certainly. <laughs> yeah. Certainly. But they're still, I, I I still feel like they'd be harder to get off. So my my gut tells me the truth. No, it was just the head that fell off. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. So the head oh, fell off hmm. and she was sort of there and all of these kids were looking. Well, I don't know if it was a she, I'm just guessing. Um, And they were just looking up at them and she just, they just oh, went, okay. Hiya. But I think I the trapdoor one is fake as well because that is so many health and safety violations. Right? You've got very strict regulations yeah. for that kind of thing there. Um, and you can't sneeze without the health and safety man coming to see you. Yeah, and uh, and also there's just the sheer fact that like if an injury like that happened to me, that's minimum six months in physical therapy. Um, uh, let me make that abundantly clear. Make sure if when I come over to do your panto that your theater no, no trap doors um no trap doors don't do it don't i don't want your cute little hydraulic tricks okay i want a nice flat <laughs> stage none of your rake tour shit i, oh, I, I, I like a rake flat. stage no i want to put a marble on it i want to stay put um <laughs> but i will um i will say number two is the fabrication number um, two is stage shite I'm going to go with you on that one because I, I just think that especially I'm putting on a show right now, I'm directing and producing a show and the the health and safety regulations are mental and happy to know, winner, winner, chicken dinner, we've got it right. I'm so proud of us. Ingram, I'm so proud of us. You join an elusive group of people who have got it right. I wish I could tell you who they all are because I don't keep track. Um, but yeah, number two, no, it had to be that one. There's too many there's too many health and safety. A lot of, a, a lot of red flags around that story. Yeah. And I would have been heartbreaking. I would have been absolutely heartbroken if the... Uh, if the, the Cinderella one was... And, and that would have broken my heart. I, I, I need that to be true. I need that to be true. But we're coming to the end of the podcast now. I just realized the time and I'm like, oh God, I've taken up a lot of this man's time today. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Fine. It's genuinely been so lovely chatting to you. And it's, I always say, because people ask me why I do this podcast. And I always say it's more interesting to find out about the person than their work. Uh, I'm inclined to agree. Yeah. I am very much inclined to agree. Yeah. H- have you got anything coming up that you're allowed to talk about? I know NDAs are rife in Los Angeles, but anything that you can plug? I am, I don't know if United States of Al is being broadcast over in the UK, probably not yet. We're only on a second season, but it's another Chuck Lorre show that I've been recurring on this season. Chuck has a uh, respectable loyalty to actors and um, he he brings people back a lot. So I'm in that little repertory company, which feels good. So I've been doing uh, a few episodes of the United States of Al this season, or as you would say, series. And then I'm on the, um, the series finale of Grace and Frankie. Whenever and, that airs, and anybody that who trains. wants to watch that, I will find the dodgy links for the internet because you know well, that's how we've got to watch a lot of things from the America. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear just that. DM me on I Instagram I and I shall it. share. It's totally fine. I just didn't hear it. <laughs> um, where can everyone follow you on social media just to keep up with what you're doing? Just uh, just on Instagram at John Ross Bowie. And also, if you're listening, remember to go over tomorrow 
as you're listening to this, or maybe you're listening to it on another day. But quickly, right into Apple Podcasts or Spotify, right where you are, Household Faces Podcast. Um, are you on Cameo? Anything like that? Anything else? I am on Cameo, actually. Yeah. I am on so Cameo. Go over Cameo's Cameo is kind of fun, yeah. And John will wish you a happy birthday. We'll dump your boyfriend for you, whatever you want. I well, I haven't been asked to do that yet. I haven't been asked to do that, but I can't wait. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been so lovely chatting to you. And um, what I always say, if you ever find yourself in Glasgow, the first round of drinks is on me. But then because you're the working actor, the rest of the rounds are on you. Seems fair. Seems fair. <laughs> um, uh, it will have to, I have terrible news for you. I'm sober, so it will have to be tea, but uh, I'm good for it. Ingram, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule. I know that you've got children and are on Easter break and everything spring break as you call it in america so thank you so much i can only imagine how busy you are at the moment so thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule thank you for giving me a respite from my kids Shh. <laughs> that this edit this part out <laughs> this is the promo for the entire episode <laughs> god damn you <laughs> And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 83, completed. Thank you so much to John for coming on the podcast. And make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below. And also remember to check out John's podcast, Household Faces, available wherever you get your fine podcasts. So basically only available where Drama School Dropout is available. And remember, if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a rating and a review on the podcast. It helps us out so much you don't even know. As per usual, if you have a story for Stage Right or Stage Shite, please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com. You can also now become an official Drama School Dropout by signing up to our Patreon using the link in the show notes below. I'll be back again next week with a brand spanking new episode, so make sure to come back next Tuesday. Have a great week. Stay safe. I love you. Bye. Drama school dropout, no graduation day for you. Drama school dropout, fucked your whole course, now try something new.